The Spartans got pantsed by Butgers at Madison Square Garden. AJ claimed he's not tired, and the Twitterverse went apoplectic on why Tom has not yet retired. Alas, just another February in East Lansing. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the guy who totally forgot Pierre Brooks exists, Gavin Greck, and the dude that forgot he was recording a podcast, Alex Plum. <laughs> Plum, what are you, you drinking over exists. there? Listen, I don't need to be bullied because I've decided to drink something whose name I can't remember. That is a, a, a Usually that's a good thing about alcohol, but uh, in this case, I'm not so sure. This is a five-calorie replacement for alcohol, the sweet and low of alcohols. Um, It's not good if that's what you're asking. uh, How was everyone's week? Um, Fine. Very fine. We were... Really <laughs> expecting to win this game at the garden, right? No. Like it would have been nice. This is more of a personal check-in, but you know. Oh, you actually care about me as a human being? I think people know Impossible. we're friends. But, you know, I'm just trying to let him in on that. I just couldn't relate, so I thought I, I would answer from a like a sports perspective. Plum, how's your how's your week been, buddy? Uh, it's been it's been good. Uh, very busy. Uh, nice because we didn't have a lot of basketball, which is to say no basketball during the week. That's true. Um, so we got to catch up on even more of the episodes of the walking dead that I'm watching, which you guys both applauded. I I recall last week. I just think that if you're a busy person looking for something to do to you, something to in your life that you could drop, I think the walking dead is probably a very good, uh, very droppable candidate for that. Like I, there's very little that I can imagine. Like I'd have to be so not busy to watch some of those later seasons of the walking dead. Like, so like I would have to be like in a coma and they found a way <laughs> to put it into my brain. Basically. I think And this is a man who saves time with Soylent and he's telling you that's a good point. Mm hmm. All right. Thank you, of course, everyone, for listening. Uh, If we could ask the small favor, please share the pod with the Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Greg, what is this week's show looking like? Oh, Greenwall, basketball, football, uh, off Grand River, uh, uh, preview, Maryland, Ohio State. Not a, is a sponsor, not a sponsor, listener, Mike Jones, Twitter questions. (laughs) <laughs> stupid <laughs> you're so dumb so stupid. <laughs> but i love it all right all so right we I'm, I'm gonna introduce the the game because i i want the context for this to be remembered yes we introduced this as one of the least winnable remaining games on the season correct and the spartans went to madison square garden and lo wouldn't you know it didn't win. Uh, Alas. So, Paul, Jonesy, walk us through it. Yeah. I don't know. This was a real shit burger. Um, <laughs> can you imagine? You were talking about going up to this game. Can you imagine if you put yourself on a train, took yourself to Madison Square Garden, sat in the seats, and just 
experienced that. You know, to continue the analogy, it's sort of like if you if you order this delicious sounding black bean burger and instead got a shit sandwich, uh, that is, you know. Is there you such think a thing as a delicious sounding black bean burger, though? Can it be done? All right, so can, it be, man, can it be done? So, man, I need you to done? check out of this conversation. Black bean See burgers are delicious. Out. See yourself out. Blum, can you back me up on this? Black bean burgers are delicious? Black bean burgers are delicious, even nutritious, you know? Some say. Some have uh, said. All right. <laughs> We're, no more food digressions for Greg. Uh, the, <laughs> do you remember, do you remember uh, weeks ago when Plum This is how me, bad this game was <laughs> that we were avoiding. Yes, talking. this is exactly right. I was, I was like, I, I was sitting at home just chuckling about when you, you, you describe my palate as unsullied. Unsullied is what my palate is. And then I was thinking, I was thinking about like the Game of Thrones unsullied. And I was like, this makes me like a food eunuch, basically. And, and I think that's that's like one of the most apt descriptions. Food eunuch. Food eunuch, Kevin Gregg. I, you know, I, I certainly don't want you to lose your wife from your life. But if you ever have to date again, I want your dating profile to lead with food eunuch. So dumb. <laughs> I might lose my wife because I'm a food eunuch. Yeah, that's, uh, that it hasn't happened is the most surprising. All right, let's talk about this game. And and I probably should have previewed early on. Uh, we are going to be joined by a guest a little bit later. Um, Rod from the Final Four is not on the schedule. We're going to chat a little bit more about the game. So this is going to stay a little bit lighter. But uh, MSU goes to Madison Square Garden uh, and loses to Rutger uh, 61-55. Uh, in the first half, Michigan State scored 25 points and Rutgers scored 19. It was, um, it was a brutal game to watch in that shots just wouldn't fall. And, and that's not the sum of the game because shots didn't fall for both teams for an extended period of time. And so... Um, an extended period of time is some might right. say 40 minutes um uh but the i don't know this is this was another game that msu went into the half of the lead i think greg you and i talked at the half and i said it's great to be up six but i trust that zero um because it was so bad in the first half that you knew that that meant nothing yeah. um and well no, it didn't. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna just name some people who had bad games. Um, we can't. Just no, actually, it would be it would be easier to say people content. who didn't have a bad game. Tyson Walker, yeah, five for ten from the field, two for five from behind the arc, uh, two assists, one block, two steals, four rebounds. That's a that's a that's a low scoring output game for Tyson Walker in that. But like it's fine, actually. That yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and that that is the end of it. I think Joey had maybe a bit of a redemption towards the end uh, with ten full points, uh, going four for eleven from the field and zero for four behind the arc. Zero for uh, four. That's the big one. Yeah. So I, I think there's a few things. One, you know, there were moments, particularly earlier in the game, 
where MSU had open looks and the ball just didn't fall. And like that happens, mm-hmm. but down the stretch, this team lacked. And by stretch, you know, I mean the second half, really the team lacked the metal and the resolve, I think, and the mm-hmm. focus to be able to uh, execute. And you saw it early. You saw it on the very first play, the very first offensive possession. Uh, instead of lobbing to Mati Sissoko, AJ tries this weird whip around pass directly into Mati's hands, and it and it gets turned over. But it wasn't that like that turnover wasn't on Mati. That was on AJ. Mm-hmm. Like Mati like looked at him and he's like in a sort of WTF, and he's pointing up like. Why didn't you throw the ball up? Like I like it better when it goes above the rim than when it goes down here, and I have difficulty with my with my clubs for hands. Yeah. Like I like it, I mean, it was just these meat hooks. Yeah, it was it was, and I, and for me, like that first possession is kind of the story of the game of uh, uh, good looks that are just disjointed. Like that mm-hmm. was a, a Madi was open, but you didn't execute. You didn't do the right thing, and. And there was a lot of that in this game. So I've, I've talked a lot. Speaking of blame, not being able to go around and kind of like understanding the roster that you have when you have a Joey Hauser who went over four in this game, you know, it's like, it's like a, a reverse green acre situation. You know, you take a the slack jawed yokel to the big city. Like you can't expect him to just feel comfortable there and start draining threes. Well, so to rely on him for something like that, when he's just awestruck, I think, is also unfair. Kevin, I, I, I have on good authority that they attempted to bring in wet hay, but it ended up just being the rain soaked trash from the, from the sort of compactor bins on, on those big city streets. Yes. Um, yep. It's just with the rats in it and stuff. It, and a real new Brunswick special, if you will. Um, <laughs> I don't get the reference I'm from the flyover States. You've been there. I know. I know. I've been there. I know. We made jokes about how disgusting it I is. I was just continuing the bit. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I feel bad. Piscataway is nice. New Brunswick. Ooh. Yeah, just uh, feel better, MSU fans, that your college experience was much better than those that went to Rutgers. We have that going for us. Gunson on its worst day is better. It's still than better. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 100% right. Um, uh, like, all right, so Plum, I want to move to you here in a second, but I, I, I know we're going to do a lot of AJ talk because we've we've pre-recorded a segment, but you had some really great points around AJ. So, but. Uh, Kevin, you wanted to talk a bit about Malik. Uh, other than rebounding, he was awful, like truly <laughs> awful. Uh, like, and he gets this glint in his eye now. Uh, I don't know where this is coming from, where it's just like, I'm black hole. It's not coming out of here. I'm, I'm doing something. I'm going to try to take this guy on ISO and he's making moves that he's not comfortable with. He's not playing in the offense. And, uh, I don't this is not the Malik Hall that I was accustomed to seeing. So I, I don't know what this is about. He played horribly in this game in every way other than rebounds. So yeah. One for nine from the floor over two from behind the arc, uh, made both of his free throws. Um, and, but three assists to three turnovers. Just God, it was awful. Yeah. I, so Plum, what'd you got on, on AJ? 
it's hard to know where to begin. I don't want to belabor it because we are going to get into it when we uh, when we talk to our buddy Rod. Um, I think the challenge that I have with uh, with AJ is it seems that when he is bad, the entire team is bad. There seems to be a sort of um, leader conduit of leadership that when his um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where to, where to start. So two assists on the game, five turnovers, um, another terrible ratio for um, a point guard. I think it's apparent that you had some guys who had started to have good nights. I mean, Joey couldn't get a look and couldn't get a shot. Unfortunately for us, Aikens had a really solid first half on the boards. Um, Malik, an amazing, I mean, 13 boards was great. You had and Walker, I think, 12 points. I mean, you had guys who were able to have some sort of flashes. Um, but the guy that is directing traffic, the one that is supposed to be kind of keeping us together and cobbling it in, uh, wholly unable to. So you can combine, I guess, anemic scoring in the Rutgers game um, to some extent with uh, terrible shooting from the three, uh, an incredibly large free throw imbalance. Um, we were 11 for 14 to Rutgers 22 for 34. Oh my God. Um, and, and we were still, we were still leading at many points in this game. We, we still only lost by six and I don't know how else to put the finger on it that I don't know. A lot of guys had a bad night, but this has been the, Hogard shit show for the last several weeks and three weeks, I guess in particular when he's bad, he's horrible and he fucks us. And, uh, and now, now even Izzo's grasping, he's tired. He's I I'm playing too much. I think that's, that's a dig. That's a, that's a AJ. You can't handle this. No, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. But which by the way, terrible look, terrible look, because then what does the news media do? Go to Hogard. What's he going to say? I oh. mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think Tom, Tom did that on purpose. I think he wanted AJ to get the questions. It's not. Why doesn't Tom just call it what it is? He's not good. He's not developing. He's hit his, he's it. That's it. That's it. We're at the ceiling. He has flashes of brilliance. He's not living into them right now. And, um, I I'm angrier than I should be, but truly I just feel sad for him and for the program because um, any success we're going to have in March rests exclusively on AJ Hogarth's shoulders. Um, in, in conference games only those close twos, those AJ Hogarth yeah. takes the ball in, makes a move is aggressive. He's under 50% converting on those right now. Uh, right. 22 for 48. Right. And that was something that we thought that we could rely on. Um, and Oops. it's part of his game that is sort of really, really falling off right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, I, yeah, there's, I don't have, I have no words for it. It's, it's been bad. And if, uh, as we're going to talk about here in a minute that this, uh, if the ship's going to get righted, it's going to be through AJ. Um, though I will say it was a bit frustrating for watching the game 
that the only person who was uh, playing well was Tyson Walker. Yeah. And in a game where no one's producing, you know, Tyson had as many attempts as AJ did, mm. fewer than Joey did. Jaden Akins only had two less than him. Like, it felt like at some point in time, I was annoyed that there wasn't a concerted decision to, it's Tyson ball time. Yeah. You know, running and, off screens like Drew Neitzel or something like that. Yeah, or just say, hey, Tyson, here's the ball. Like, because yeah. Tyson is literally the only person on the that team who maybe, maybe Jaden Akins gets there this year. But Tyson's the only guy who can create a shot for himself whenever he wants. Like yes. you could, you could yes. clear the four out, make it one on one, and Tyson Walker's got it. Like he can get a yep. shot for himself. Yep. Um. And so, you know, on a night like this, it was a a bit frustrating. That like that was uh that was tough to see. Um. Because there were times that they just went away from Tyson Walker. Uh, I know um, I don't want to belabor the point, too, but there was a moment in the second half. AJ went to the line. Rutgers had just gotten us into the bonus. The fouls were 7-2 to two, mm. um, in the second half. And over the next three minutes, we both were in the double bonus. Yep. Now that's that is not a uh, the refs screwed us out of the game, right? Because some right. of those fouls were fouls. <laughs> like I, I want to be really clear, like that that. Um, but it was uh, it, at minimum the critique of the team is yeah you had a huge advantage yeah and you didn't seize the moment in the same way that you know Greg I think we talked about Paul McKay and, and you had rightfully pushed back on the idea that he took the game over at the end. And that's, that's bullshit too. Yeah. Because no, 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 we, we just didn't do what we need to do against Paul McKay. Mm-hmm. And so that that's, I guess the, I, I point the fouls. It is certainly infuriating that the ha- two halves were called very differently, but this team had moments and they just didn't do what they needed to do. Um, you can, you can, there are plenty of things you can control and we just didn't. So, um, all right. Well, before we wrap our conversation on Rutgers, I think it's time to bring on our guest Rod from the final four is not on the schedule, a Michigan state podcast. Rod, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me guys. Of course. Happy to have you. Um, if I may just from one podcast to another Rod, uh, way to take a way better title than we ever could have uh, <laughs> hoped for uh, leaving us with the doldrums over here. I mean, this is when we get complaints about how our title is so bad. I just point it, you know, the likes of you and blame you. And and that's it. We move on from there. Thanks. I, I, I guess. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There are some folks on the Michigan state message boards that think we're a Michigan podcast who is playing the real long Locking. game. So, yeah. Well, my, mine was actually our, our podcast name was pointed at our own fan base, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure you guys know that's mm-hmm. a line that Izzo's used uh, with some frequency Indeed. Uh, in in relation to how spoiled the Michigan State fan base is. And look, I'm, I'm actually old enough. You know, I 
my my first memories of Michigan State basketball are the uh, two seasons that Irvin Johnson played. And so I've been around it a long time. I lived through the 80s when Michigan State made two NCAA tournaments in 10 Oof. years. So um, I am very sympathetic to his message. And so that was that was a heartfelt choice on my part to try to remind what I think is a spoiled fan base. It, it can be a lot worse. And you can't assume that you are entitled to these things every year, you know. And so that's that's kind of the general perspective uh, that, that we try to take is a little more of a realistic view. Well, um, I think the fan base knows that they're not entitled to it this season, uh, at the very least. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I would beg to differ in some quarters, but I suppose every fan base has their lunatics. So, Indeed, indeed. Well, so, Rod, let's uh, before we sort of move on to chatting about the season as a whole, um, you know, we just got done talking about Rutgers, uh, you know, and it it's a I'm starting to think that maybe uh, Mackie is only rivaled by Madison Square Garden in terms of uh, a, a boogeyman. Um, so shooting woes aside, what were your sort of impressions of the game? Well, certainly disappointing because Michigan State, I mean, for as upset as people I think are, Michigan State did do a lot of things right, and mm-hmm. the game was very winnable. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's no doubt about that. I think Izzo said in the post game, if you have even a decent offensive day, you win it. You know, mm-hmm. Michigan State got absolutely tattooed on the boards in the game at Breslin. They flipped that around. They did a very good job rebounding-wise. The defense had some issues late with Mulcahy especially, but over the course of 40 minutes, they played well enough defensively to win that game. Mm-hmm. It was offense, and you know, part of it was the four for 21 from three. But Brutal. I, it is, but I, I, think, I think we're really talking about the point guard. I really, I really do. That's where, that's where I go. When I look at why did they lose this game? Why did the offense not click the way that it should have? And I really land on AJ Hogarth. And, you know, on our podcast, we've been talking about this for two, two and a half weeks. Michigan State's two and five in their last seven. Mm-hmm. If you go back and you look at those seven games, what you're going to find is the vast, vast majority of them, AJ Hogarth did not play well. He did not play to the level he played at over the first two months of the season. And he's so critical for making this team something near the best that it can be on the offensive end. And I just, I don't like the decisions that he's making. Um, I'm seeing some of the bad body language and gesticulation for lack of a better word that I've seen in previous years that I thought he'd kind of gotten out of his system. Um, it has to we, change Rod, to get better. Rod, how do we, how do we explain and I, I last week I think I called this performative, but that was just I think me being crabby. How do we explain Hogard hitting free throws last week after that game against Illinois? Right, where we barely won, and he stayed out there and Iowa, oh. Iowa. Oh, you mean what? Why he did that? What he yeah, was? I mean, what, what do we read into that? Anything? Because yeah, I, I think you I, and I are actually pretty much aligned on overall Hogard sentiments, but I don't know how else you read this sort of. Drive. That's, you know what? That's not a bad word for it. I mean, I, I, I don't know if the, I don't think that's consciously in his mind. 
I think he probably reacted to missing uh, missing free throws in a in a late game situation that he probably felt almost cost them the win. Mm-hmm. But bigger picture, and I I talked about it on our podcast, is hey, I don't care about the missed free throws. I mean, I care, but not that much. That happens. I care about the way he played over 40 minutes, and it wasn't nearly good enough. That's mm-hmm. what he needs to be locked in on. And then, you know, you add in some of the things that Izzo had to say in the post game yesterday. There was some message sending going on. I'm not sure if you guys heard that stuff. He talked, spent some time talking about how he thinks he's been playing AJ too much. Correct. But in concert with that, limit that time a little bit is what but he in, said. But in concert with that, he talked about conditioning not being where it needs to be. Now mm-hmm. AJ disputes this. The press went, media went to him and and asked him about it if his poor play was because he was tired, and he said, "No, no, absolutely not." But if Izzo's saying that stuff, he's he's seeing it. He thinks it, and I don't know how that happens in early February. But if he believes it, I'm not going to question it. And, and again, that's, you know, that's on him. That's on AJ mm-hmm. to be in the kind of shape where he, it makes sense if you look at where the struggles have come from, because what I see is I see poor decisions and I'm not going to call it lazy, but very casual play. His yeah. turnovers against Rutgers were mostly a result of being way too casual. And that's stuff you do when you're not, you're not a hundred percent there physically. It's easy to slide into that stuff and to make mistakes you wouldn't make otherwise. So that's what I think is going on and it's got to change. So related to that, I I think one of the things that I tried to go back to is we knew that this was, this was the worst part of the schedule, right? And we knew that there were going to be some L's in here. So there are now opportunities to get some wins and kind of, pull ourselves out of this uh, bit of a rut that we found ourselves in. So um, if we were going to do a couple takeaways on things that need to change it, point guard play is one of them. Are there others that kind of come immediately to mind um, of like things that need to improve in order to make this a winning team with some momentum going into the postseason? Well, I would say, I don't know if improve is the right word because over the course of the season, they've been pretty good, but it's something, it's a theme we come back to a lot on our show. Three point shooting without it, this team really struggles to score enough. Now, AJ playing better helps everything else along. But if you look at Michigan State this season, it's a very unusual Michigan State team. There are lots of teams in Tom Izzo's tenure who could have overcome a four for 21 day from three like Mm -hmm. they had against Rutgers. Mm -hmm. This team is not one of them because they lack a consistent post threat. You know, they have guys who flash it. Malik flashes it. Kohler flashes it. They've got nobody they can throw the ball into on the blocks for 30 minutes. They just don't. And then to compound it, this team is a, by Michigan State standards, a horrendous transition team. They just don't get a lot of easy stuff on the break the way we're used to seeing. So when you consider those two things are not there as get out of jail free cards for the offense, it really puts the onus on deep shooting. That's a hard way to live because you will have days like Michigan state had in Madison square garden where you miss good shots. You know, they had one against Michigan and they managed to skate by, right? So we, we've seen it a few times, but 
this is a good shooting team. I believe in them. Um, if they can find a way to level out the performances and eliminate these horrendous days and maybe just have your worst day a day where you hit, you know, 30% from three, it would help. Um, on the I subject guess, of yeah. three-point shooting and A.J. Hogard, is there anything that we can do as a fan base to stop him from taking three-point shots that aren't from the top of the of the key? <laughs> because I think he's like zero for 1,000 of yeah, those. Yeah, I think uh, you're, I think you're but, right. But dead center, he's, he's but okay. Dead center. As long as he steps into it and it's dead center, it might yeah. go in. Everything else, garbage. You, know, you brought I, up, uh, Rod, you brought up the uh, front court. Uh, where are you on Madi right now? Like, I, I think the fan base is starting to see, and I, you're welcome to dispute this, but starting to see the Madi that we were expecting before the season, not the game, not the Madi that we saw on the boat. Uh, what's your read on that whole thing? Well, it's, it's a little more nuanced than that because I, I, for me, because I never felt he needed to be the Mahdi we saw on the boat or against Kentucky. Um, they didn't need that kind of point production out of him. The primary thing they need from him, the primary two things, are to defend and particularly to defend the pick and roll well and to rebound. Okay. And he's actually been, at an earlier point this season, I would have said a very good pick and roll defender. He's had some issues at times during Big Ten play where he hasn't been as consistent. And so I have to back off very good to maybe good. Uh, but he is by far, by, by miles, their best option in, in defensive terms. And, and people get hung up on the stuff in the post. That's not what I worry about as much. Mm. I worry much more about how you defend away from the rim because that's the way the game is played in the modern era. And you need a five man that can play that effectively. And I think for the most part, he's graded out decently. I also think he gets a lot of, I see a lot of people on social media talking about him as a rebounder. And I don't think they've got a really firm grip on the way he's actually produced. If you look at his rebounding stats on a per minute played basis, he's better than a lot of big men you might be surprised by. I'll, I'll put it that way. So, and you do definitely have to adjust for minutes played because that, yeah, <laughs> dude it matters. Stay on the floor it matters recently. And, and, uh, so I, you know, look, I, I I'm not going to say in a league that's got a lot of good big men, he's not been in the upper tier. I'm not going to, I'm not insane, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I don't think his play, I don't think his play has been anywhere near what a lot of Michigan State fans feared it was going to be. I'll start with that. Um, but does he have to get better? Sure, of course. I also think another thing that a lot of people don't notice that he does very well, that they need, is he's a very good screen setter. And again, I go back to pick and roll since that is the essence of the game in 2023. Right. If you don't have a good screener, you are going to struggle offensively. And one of the one of the hidden problems for Michigan State, or maybe not so hidden, I don't know, over the two previous seasons is they didn't have anybody who screened particularly well. Marcus Bainham wasn't a good screener. Julius Marble was not a good screener. Mati Sissoko was a better screener than those guys were. And so yeah. that should, in theory, help you 
but again, your point guard's got to play with his head out of his ass, to put it <laughs> bluntly. So, well, we appreciate you you putting it bluntly. So, one of the things that's great about what you do for for the fan base is the amount of uh, like research and the amount of previewing that you do before even going into the season. Um, I always kind of make a, a stopover, make sure to digest all that. What are, given where we're at right now, about halfway through the Big Ten season, but still with plenty of basketball to play, what are the two biggest surprises to you about the team thus far? Um, about about Michigan State. About Michigan State, yeah. Um, unfortunately, they're not going to be positive ones. I get. Well, there, there might be one positive. I'll start with one positive. Um, right. I was uncertain as to what kind of defensive rebounding team Michigan State would be coming into the season because Mm -hmm. it's been trending negatively, not just for the two prior years, but even if you go back to the Cassius, Xavier Tillman years, those two seasons, they were okay, but they weren't rebounding as well defensively as we're used to seeing Michigan State, uh, from Michigan State. And so I was curious and a little bit concerned again what kind of job are they going to do because if you can't do that effectively it just kills you michigan state over the two previous seasons was actually okay as a defensive team in terms of getting opponents to miss but when you can't clean up your defensive glass it doesn't matter so much right Right. because they're getting two three chances at the basket they've been with only a couple of exceptions they've been really good rebounding the ball defensively. Unfortunately, the offensive end has <laughs> gone off a cliff, but um, the defensive end, they've been really good, and that's helped them. I mean, you look at that Rutgers game. It was one of the things they did really well in Madison Square Garden. They completely flipped it. Rutgers had 18 offensive rebounds against them at the Breslin. 18. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they limited them to eight in this game and actually out rebounded them on the offensive glass, which is something we haven't seen MSU do a lot this year. So that's a positive defensive rebounding. I give Joey Hauser a lot of credit for that. I give Mati Sissoko a lot of credit for that. And then, you know, the other guys have kind of joined in you know, Malik Hall, obviously at a huge game. It was the, the one thing he did really well against Rutgers was rebound. Yeah. Um, but a bunch of other guys, Aikens, you know, have chipped in Hogarth at times. Um, so that's been a, a positive. The negative, I would say, is that the biggest one to me is this. I The Big Ten, other than Purdue kind of leaving everybody behind, which I did not see anybody doing in this league, and I certainly didn't see Purdue doing it. Yeah, no one anticipated um, that it would be but, Purdue. Because I, I didn't believe in their guards. Um, but uh, <laughs> speaking of guards... I thought what gave Michigan State a chance to be very, very competitive in the Big Ten, and by the way, I still think it could turn out this way when we look back in March at what happened, is I thought their guard play would allow them to separate. And there are times this season where that's looked to be accurate. But again, when your point guard all of a sudden nosedives, it's tough. I think Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins, when healthy, have been pretty consistent. I don't have a problem with them. When AJ is right, I think Michigan State still has the best guards in the Big Ten, and that's a that's a separator. But the fact that it hasn't been there consistently from, you know, Jaden's a sophomore, but the other two guys are older players, that's been a negative surprise. Yeah, hey, Rod, I 
I don't want me to circle back so directly to the Rutgers game, but you know, about the only player who had a good game offensively was Tyson Walker. Yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe this, this sits at the feet of AJ, um, you know, uh, but Izzo's not immune from, from criticism either. It seemed like there was a time that, that they just went away from Tyson and, in a game where no one is shooting well, did you happen to get a sense of was that? Do you think that was a strategic decision? Because everyone no. was, you know, folks were getting a good look, but just no one was shooting well, and it felt like a game where you might need Tyson to just do Tyson things uh, yeah. to try and keep you in it. He had well, fully I, half of their three point uh, makes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I know that Izzo said after the game that they didn't do a good enough job in getting him shots. So I don't think he would disagree. And no, I don't think it was a strategic decision by any means. Look, Tyson Walker, if you look at the the course of the season, I think he's third. He's definitely in the top five in the entire Big Ten in shot attempts. So that's not been a problem. The problem that I think he had last year where he was really reluctant to shoot has been solved. You know, he's in a so infuriating. Play. We yeah. had a whole podcast dedicated sure. to just putting anybody out. paying attention would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he's turned that around. He's eliminated that as a problem. So I think in retrospect, absolutely, you would want to get him more shots. I would be inclined to give Rutgers some credit for that. That's a very, very, very good defensive team. And I think they made it hard on him to get open looks. But then the other bit, you know, you, you said it, (laughs) your point guard is the guy. And I, I mean, I hate to keep beating on the same drum, but what I saw in that game was were way too many possessions where AJ Hogard is standing there dribbleitis style, trying to dissect what he's looking at in front of him and the clock's ticking and they're not into any offense. And we're looking at 17, 16, 15, on the shot clock. You can't do that. And that's a symptom of the problem that I don't think he's, I don't think he's as locked in as he was or he needs to be. And so some of that is responsible for not getting the guys who need to get shots shots. I absolutely think that's true. All right, Rod, let's say AJ is able to get locked and loaded and that gets us a sweet 16 the real hallmark of champions, uh, as our friends in Washtenaw County would say. Um, but you want to put the final four on the schedule. So what are the two other things besides AJ that that get us to the Elite Eight? If we can do it that way, actually, what's the one thing that will make it an Elite eight, eight, eight team? And then what's the one thing that makes it a Final Four team? Mm. Um, well, that's uh, my inclination is to just continue repeating some of the things we've been talking about um i would say this in terms of like i'll give you for the first one i'll give you a likelier and then a pie in the sky all right version the likeliest version of what would need to happen is michigan state will need to shoot from three very very well because as we talked about it's the one constant or semi-constant that, that you can talk about positively in terms of their offense. Um, so that would be the thing that Michigan State gets on kind of a shooting hot streak. They're facing defenses that maybe aren't as dialed into what they run. 
and they're able to get guys loose and they're hitting shots and away we go. That's an entirely possible scenario. Um, the pie in the sky version would be, but, but not totally unrealistic would be that um, somebody among the group of fives, and it's most likely would be either Madi or Jackson Kohler busts out and has a big offensive game where nobody sees it coming. Sure. And, and that could happen because we've seen it, you know, Jackson's had his moments. Madi certainly had his moments earlier in the season. Uh, it's possible. Um, but that, I, I don't put that down as, as likely as, as the triples. But um, it, that makes sense that a big man buys you a game, right? You know, right. a big man can buy One you a game. Scenario. Yeah. You, you happen to be playing a team. Maybe the matchup is good. Um, maybe their scouting is poor. They don't, you know, Jackson Kohler in particular is a guy that if you don't know, if, if what you're viewing is limited to game tape for most of the season, you really don't know what Jackson Kohler is capable of doing. Um, and I could see that happening. I could see him catching somebody uh, from the ACC or the Pac-12 by surprise. Uh, probably not for 40 minutes, but for long enough where it could buy Michigan State a few extra buckets that they need. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Christ, he's been he's been doing it uh, lately to quality Big Ten centers. I mean, the move he made on Omarui in Madison Square Garden for the bucket he got, that's that was a big-time post Big-time stuff. And that guy is a very, very, very good defensive center. So if yeah. you can do it on him, you can really do it on anybody, even if it's well-scouted. So that would be my pie in the sky thing, but a non-zero chance of happening. Um, boy, to get to an elite eight, I, I think, I think what what we would need to see maybe is a the kind of game that we've probably only seen once this year, and unfortunately, it came in a losing effort, where Tyson Walker just went bananas on Purdue at Breslin. Yeah, I was going to say the and, Purdue game. And that is something that this Michigan State team, Tyson Walker is the only guy in on the current roster who's had moments like that. He's had two of them. He had Illinois last year, and then he's had Purdue this year. If you were in a game like that, presumably a regional final, you're playing somebody who's pretty good, although I don't think there's anybody great nationally this year. You would be seeing somebody who's pretty good. You might need that kind of game from someone and and he would be the most likely candidate um for obvious reasons because he's a guy who's done it but i'll i'll offer one sleeper pick mm. maybe you see the breakout dominant performance from a Jaden akins because he's got mm. it in him and at some point he's going to bust out a game like that on somebody i just don't know whether it's going to be this year minnesota book it well, let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. Let's hope he saves it for a moment that counts. Um, but yeah, that would be because at that point, you know, I always used to say, um, and I still believe this. One of the things that helps you separate when you start getting to that second weekend stuff is you have somebody or multiple somebodies on your team that are capable of making 90, what I would call 95th percentile plays, meaning they're making plays that almost nobody else on the floor is capable of making. And MSU's had guys like that. I mean, when they made their run in 2015 to the Final Four, 
the guy they had who was doing that was Brandon Dawson because Brandon Dawson, when there was a rebound that you had to have, VJ Dawson could get up and get it in a way that nobody else on the court could match. You know, they've had Adrian Payne at times with the way he could score was capable of doing that. Uh, this team doesn't have obvious guys who fit that mold. So if it happened, it would be a little bit surprising, but we have seen glimpses of it from Tyson. So, and I think you need that at that point in the tournament. Sure. Well, Rod, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. We're super thankful for your time, folks. If you want to uh, have a, Kevin, is it fair to say a better preview of a game than what's offered here? Uh, no, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Let's, I, it was nice of Rod to come over, but nothing compares <laughs> to my three minute shot from the hip previews. I mean, well, nothing's going to prepare you like that. Uh, check him out. The final four is not on the schedule. Uh, and, uh, uh Rod, you also have a, a website, right? The final four is not on the schedule.com. Use the, it's the acronym. So T F F I N O T S. The final four is not on the schedule.com. You can get the podcast there. We also have a forum, etc. You can also find the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast aggregator is. Just put in the final four is not on the schedule. It should pop up. Awesome. Rod, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, go green. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you again to Rod from the final four is not on the schedule. Uh, let's, let's go to the sport that normally leads on this podcast and that's football. Uh, and frankly, they didn't disappoint this week. Well, or did they, Kevin? Uh, but uh, it was historical National Signing Day uh, this week. And this felt like a historical signing in that it is something straight out of the D'Antonio years. Uh, Michigan State signed one player, Philip Davis, a three-star safety out of Florida. That doesn't feel very D'Antonio. Uh, but he's 6'1", <laughs> 180, which is a nice size. Size. Uh, Matters. Late riser, very late riser in the rankings. Uh, 104 safety in the country and 197 in the state of Florida. Um, Should we talk about uh, peer peer list? You know the the old. Oh, you know he has uh, one offer. It's one other offer from the Toledo Rockets. Hmm. Listen, I'm not saying that. (laughs) Philip Davis is doomed to the transfer portal. I'm just saying <laughs> three-star trash recruit. That's all I'm saying. There it is. There it is. Uh, well, from a man who celebrates Jack Conklin and Le'Veon Bell, I, I, I want to thank you for your service to this podcast. Uh, the I, Either way, look, the fact of the matter is we needed safeties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, good measurables, performed well in his senior season. I, I like... It's you can't project any kid out, let alone I mean a four star to a three star, it does not matter. Half yeah. of these kids or more are not going to be meaningful contributors. Yes. So you picked up a good measurables on a on a on a on a person at a position of need and and chose our school enthusiastically. As as they say, as every coach I've ever talked to says, you can't teach six one. What a disappointing fucking comment that was. <laughs> uh all right a couple other things uh football related yeah i there's nowhere to go off of that um well we did miss out on a four-star offensive lineman great um if we picked him up on it 
No, if we'd picked him up, fun fact, there would have been only one other school in the country with four four-star offensive linemen, mm. and that would have been Alabama. We're mm. one of 13 schools with three or more. Okay. So mm. that's almost that's right next to a consecutive sweet 16 type of situation. So almost banner worthy yeah. when it, when it comes to building an offensive line, I'll take consecutive sweet 16s. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, senior bowl, uh, for those who don't know is a, uh, sort of a drills and some games, uh, for, for folks who have graduated from, uh, from school and are hoping to make their name in the NFL, uh, and two Michigan State standouts that it, we would be remiss to not talk about because truly standouts. Uh, Bryce Berenger, no surprise, None. crushed Pressure. every other punter, was nominated uh, his uh, team special teams leader, even threw a touchdown on a fake field goal, Bryce Berenger. Uh, the other person was Jaden Reed, who I believe was his team's offensive, offensive. standout player of the week. Yep. Uh, one uh, either director or scout said the only person who's beating Jaden Reed right now is Jaden Reed. And it's because his footwork at times was a little too fancy. Uh, didn't lose reps, like smoked everybody. Uh, and so I think there was some concern about Jaden Reed going into the senior bowl because of his injuries this year. And it's kind of an anemic performance TBD on whether that was his injuries or maybe the quarterback play, but got himself probably, you know, depending on his combine results securely in the third round, um, which great. There was reporting from someone in the Detroit rags and forgive me, I don't know who to attribute this to. I apologize that scouts apparently had him penciled in for the third round going into the season and he had dropped a little bit. So that's not a surprise to anyone that watched MSU this season and, and right. Jaden's performance in it. So uh, would be nice to see him get back to that. Would be nice to see him, you know, have, you only need one team. It just as every coach I've ever talked to says about the NFL draft. Just need one team. I hope here. that this is a reoccurring bit where you attribute things to coaches you've talked to. Mm-hmm. It's going to um, be, you, I got such a good response on the first one that it's going to come back. Plum That's how the left. system works. Plum has just left the room. Uh, uh, all right. Hockey. Uh, here's what I know. Yes. Swept Notre Dame. Yes. That's what I know. Yes. Yes. Uh, the second game was on uh, the Big Ten Network. So I was switching back and forth between the Indiana-Purdue game and the MSU-Notre Dame game. Mm. Looks really strong, man. Uh, mm. Looks like people and mom were having a good time. Um, we got to have Jer back on. I know that in the in the rankings, MSU is sort of right there on the cusp of an NCAA tournament bid. Got to have some wins. We have another home game against Michigan coming up, which is strange because we've already done Senior Day. I'm sure there's something mm. to do that. But uh, need a couple more wins to really cement that spot. Fortunately, got some games, I believe, coming up against Wisconsin. They're having a bit of a tough time right now, so that's Ooh. useful. Take advantage of that. And, uh, of course, beat the Wolverines. And uh, this seems kind of stew going, babe. This was a more informed conversation than I ever anticipated having. Uh, so, Kevin, whatever you Googled or texted Jer for talking points, thank you. I watched the game. No. But 
but how did you know about the other teams? Did the did the color guy say those things? I looked it up. Oh, you listened and read. I can I can't read you or can. write, but I can listen. You can and you have. Uh, <laughs> good job, uh, buddy. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Do you know who does a good job, buddy? Who? Our friend Brandon with an easy hands. There it is. I knew it was close. Look at you. I knew it was close. Uh, Brandon uh, with an easy hands with a Z is with Gold Star Mortgage, and he is your resource if you are looking to buy a home. Uh, Gold Star is a Fortune 500 company based in Michigan that funds over a billion dollars in mortgages annually. Brandon's managing a team with over 100 years of combined industry experience, licensed in 32 states, including the entirety of the Big Ten footprint, Sands, Iowa, but that's because they're busy chilling for the boys and girls. More on that later. Yeah. Uh, Brandon is consultative. Brandon is a good dude that you can chat with. Brandon is a consummate professional, and his rates are among some of the best in the country. And most importantly, folks, truly, like the one thing I can say is that when you are looking to buy a home, there are different mortgage products to be considered. It's That's not right. all 20% down or FHA. Brandon has a variety of products for you to consider. They're serviced in different ways. You should give Brandon a call to find out what he can offer you. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z at Gold Star Mortgage. Uh, all right, gentlemen, uh, let's head off Grand River. And I want to start with the uh, thing that we have the least to say about. Kari Crump pled guilty to his misdemeanor, 12 yep. months of probation, 80 hours of community service. Uh, I'm sure we're just as happy if not less so than Kari, to have this behind him. Uh, and so um, this is great uh, for him. And we need to comment on this stuff, hopefully no longer. Never again. Uh, Put this one to bed. Yeah. Uh, other thing. We did not say last week goodbye, so long, farewell, safe travels to Dave Warner, who is running a short side jet sweep to retirement. <laughs> Speaking of things we'd like to never talk about again. Ever again. Well, <laughs> happy trails, Dave. Uh, and last, uh, oh, no, second to last, but more to say, Illinois and Iowa. So who wants to set this up? Please. How are we, are we allowed to set this up? Like, cause I, I'm not sure we're going to pass any of Twitter's purity tests with our takes on this situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. Uh, so do you want to say what happened? I'll, I'll give the, the quick facts of the matter. So Illinois and Iowa are playing in, in Iowa. and the Basketball the, game. Basketball game. And the Orange Crush want to find their way Who's over. the Orange Crush? The Orange Crush are the uh, Illinois student section. And they want to find their way on over to Carver Hawkeye. So they find a little loophole in this situation where they can, with the help of another organization, uh, secure themselves a big tranche of tickets, say something in the order of 50, hundred. I don't know what it was. Here's the rub. That other organization was the boys and girls club of Iowa. And it's Illinois. Maybe, what? Of Illinois, I believe. Oh, was it of Illinois? Yeah. So, so this should have been an immediate red flag for Iowa, by the way. Anyway, um, so 
Turns out it's in somewhat uh, bad faith to represent yourself in that way when you're trying to buy tickets for your student section to an opposing uh, to an opposing. I believe the quote from the student representative was, "We said we're a boys and girls club." (laughs) (laughs) They just inferred. So I, as I understand it, there's some bad blood between Spartan fans and Iowa or uh, Illinois basketball fans on Twitter. I guess Illinois basketball fans have an unearned sense of superiority uh, over other basketball groups. And if they have a sense of superiority, it is indeed unearned. So I don't blame uh, MSU fans for being short with them. But I also think it is exactly what I would have done as a college <laughs> game if I could have pulled off something like that. Um, and in, in retrospect, is it the best idea of all time? Probably not. not. But was Do it you blame them? Yes. Yes. It's funny. It's good. It's a good, it's it, a good, uh, if it worked, a bit. Mm-hmm. is anyone mad? Are we all lolling about it? Or are you going to sure. say that somehow right. they stole tickets from a charity? Well, they definitely didn't steal tickets from a charity. I don't think it's the attempt that's as problematic. I mean, it's it's college students. I expect this. They're going to get sneaky. I think it's part of the shtick. The problem was that they jumped right up on the cross with Jesus himself. Oh, how could they do this to us? We I support it. It's so college student. It's it was. I mean, I I think you have to be completely transparent. This is the game. You're playing the game. Play the game. But that was too much for me. That was too much because then it required the the third and final act, which was the, you know, tail between your legs. Oh, the indignity. God, they have no fucking dignity left. Yeah. Well, but Greg, can you share what you said earlier about that? What you found more offensive? Because what ended up happening with these tickets? So so, because Iowa refunded and took the tickets back. So then what happened? But, but I mean, Iowa still has the problem that those are a bunch of empty seats in the building, right? They're not going to miss up an opportunity to suck up to kids. Yeah. So they, uh, they offered those tickets, which I'm sure they were going to do otherwise, to the Boys and Girls Club of some central Iowa crappy organization. Who cares? And then they paraded these children out at the at center court at halftime and they were just like look at how good and virtuous we are we're the heroes here we don't just exploit sick kids during football games we can also exploit regular kids during basketball <laughs> games to show how good and virtuous we are here at the university of iowa barf barf you did it I mean, well done, you. I, I, I think for me it was just there was a little bit of. Um, I'm going to wade into a, a a term here that is dangerous. Uh oh, we're getting spicy. Is it cancel was, time? There was a little cancel cultureness going on with what the Orange Crush did, and I just don't care. Hmm. Yeah, I like. Okay. There are plenty of things to cancel folks over. This was not, not one it. of them. Not like, it. Like the, the TV, there were TV stations interviewing these kids for like what they did. And I'm like, college kids did college kids things. things. Yeah, that's like, right. I, I mean, this would be like if someone spray painted, a U of M fan spray painted Sparty to prosecute that individual. Right. Like, 
I don't like it. It makes yeah. me angry. No one yeah. on this podcast would be a fan of it. Right. But but like I know in in Washtenaw County they would prosecute for that conduct. Yeah. But uh, I, I just college kids do college kids things. I just don't care. That's it's right. The pearl, um, it's the pearl clutchiness of all of this. Yeah. Those. So yeah. anyway, I think my takeaway is Orange Crush fans, you're obnoxious on Twitter, but kudos for the attempt. Sincerely. Yeah. Uh yeah. And hilarious, you got caught. And that's what it is. So good. And and Iowa, maybe next time given the opportunity to grandstand using children as a prop, maybe skip it for once. (laughs) Just (laughs) see how it feels. Just try it one time. Just, I mean, give the kids tickets. That's fine with me, but don't make them come stand down at center court and be like, look at how good we are. Oh, the boys and girls club kids that wouldn't be here if Illinois hadn't tried their whole thing, by the way. It's a garbage. Garbage. (laughs) Shitty. Yeah. Like they're the worst. Uh, All right. Uh, Greg, you have another note on here about something that happened to you on Saturday. Oh, uh, so I was uh, out to dinner uh, with my wife and she was droning on about something. I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> on one side was the uh, Duke Carolina game. On the other side was Kentucky Villanova or was Villanova and whoever they were playing. And then Kentucky came on after that. And I noticed we're all a little hard right now on, on our Spartan foot, uh, basketball team, right? Three years of mediocrity is kind of where we're at right now but it occurred to me duke carolina kentucky villanova all unranked right Mm. now it's kind of an interesting time in college basketball this season uh it gets to what rod was mentioning about how there are no like superstar teams um it's just sort of like granted some of those schools are in coaching changes and the fan base of the fourth one wishes they were in a coaching change as well. Mm. Um, it's just, it's worth keeping in mind that, that just, it wasn't like I was going to listen to what, uh, the wife was saying. So that was something that I was thinking about while out to dinner with her. Um, yeah, this become That's, that's a, thank you for your homily, uh, mm-hmm. and your healthy perspective. Yeah. Um, Humble thyself. Uh, all right. Uh, let's let's preview these games. Uh, speaking of humble, Maryland uh, humbly trying to shake a stick at being okay. Mm. Yeah, they're they're playing with it right now. Um, the stick. Um, so they <laughs> You know how we are on a bit of a uh, a bit of a like a a, a wave. Yeah. And you know how there are ebbs and flows. We're not waxing, we're waning. We're on a wane. Uh we're on a on a ebb. Uh Maryland's on a bit of a flow right now. Mm-hmm. Um in their last six games, um, they're five and one. Only losses to Purdue, so I can't really fault them on that. They've got wins against, you know, Indiana, Michigan. I mean, these aren't great teams. Uh well, that's not. Yeah. Uh, although Indiana just beat the number one team in the country, Michael. Hmm. Yeah, no, I was saying, I, I, yeah, we're, we're on the um, same page. So uh, worth pointing out that, that that is the case. However, they're coming to Breslin. 
Um, they're Kempom number 22 right now. Pretty well, uh, pretty well uh, balanced. 35 on offense, 23 on defense. Uh, they, you know, trounced Minnesota at the barn by like a trillion and a half points. Um, the thing to keep an eye out for is uh, they took a senior guard from Charlotte, uh, Jameer Young, and he is uh, playing up to billing right now. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and then also Hakeem Hart is still there. We all we all know 6'8" guard dude hanging out ranging on the perimeter Hakeem Hart so uh, those guys are kind of keeping on keeping on they still got Reese they got Scott um so this is a you know this is a dangerous team but I think a Mm -hmm. very winnable game overall and speaking of dangerous they do have a dude on their roster from Ukraine so his own don't do the Colorado State you know, chanting Russia thing. Like, just oh, that be happened? Cool. Be cool, his own. Learn the lesson on that one. Um, <laughs> hey, so can yeah. We, we have to take a, a quick chit chat about a thing that we've not talked about on this podcast. What do you want to talk about, Michael? Uh, the number of weekends in a row that Michigan State is on the road. Mm. So, Couch has been talking about this a lot. Yeah. And it's, not only MSU's historical road record weekday versus weekend, because the reality is we're the biggest name in the Big Ten, right? Like even in a down year, we're still Michigan State, and that matters as it far as it relates to who. That's why Rutgers has their Michigan State game at the Garden. Oh, mm. uh, actually, that wasn't up to them. Fun fact. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. So they're very upset because that got counted as a home game for them. Oh. And they were like, what? Uh, and it's it's part of the Super Saturday thing that Jim Delaney made. And Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know so that. They, so Penn State has done it and Maryland has also done it. Uh, mm. But Rutgers is the only one who's had to have to do it twice now. Um, but anyway, so the the bigger issue is is the the weekend games obviously draw bigger crowds uh so it's more theoretically of a disadvantage to be on the road mm-hmm. uh, also it's a really important recruiting time and not just basketball either football yeah. and weekends versus a weekday is a is a big difference and this i think we have six or seven weekends in a row that we're on the road um, we haven't had a Big Ten weekend at home. I'm looking back at the schedule at Michigan on a Sunday, the next Sunday. Oh, oh I forget. MLK, MLK is probably the Ohio last State. time we yeah. were at home. Yep. Uh, anyway, it, it, it's, a, it's a thing that kind of sucks like i i mean i'm not uh, i'm not trying to james franklin and, and complain about the schedule like yeah. but it is it's frustrating and and again i go back to from a recruiting standpoint that's a bigger deal than i think folks will probably realize yep. is you'd like to have those guys like football recruits you'd love to have them at a game uh now hopefully mun can start taking up the mantle i can imagine that 
it'd be fun to be there, but it is a little frustrating. You can't take recruits to the press. Cause you yeah. know how those, you know, nationwide football recruits, they can't wait to get their old hockey sweaters on and head on down to Munn. I mean, the hockey sweater is. <laughs> head on cool. down to Munn. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway. All right. Uh, I just I wanted to take that quick detour. It was that's how you end up with Phyllis Davis, Philip Davis, six one safety out of Florida with a Toledo offer. I'm just saying. I hate you. All right. Go uh talk about Ohio State. All right, other game, Ohio State. So we talked about ebbs and flows. Uh Ohio State's even ebbier than we are. They're currently one and nine over their last 10 games, yet somehow. Ken Palm 34. In fact, Jonesy, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, 36 in the net as well. So 15 on offense, 87 on defense. So like the measurables are there, but man, if you are an Ohio state fan, this has got to be a very, very frustrating uh, season. So they have a home game against Northwestern this week. And then this weekend they host us. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, of the games that we've got left, let me let me take a look at these. Of the games that we get have left, I guess at Iowa and at Ohio State are our two most losable, especially if Iowa parades another group of kids out. Um, Could you imagine so, if they're both impoverished and sick with cancer? Oh, my gosh. That is like... I mean, how that dare is, we even think about winning under those circumstances? That is the stuff that uh, Luca Garza is made of. Um, um, Zedke, uh, 60 so junior dumb. forward, playing really well. Uh, also, and this is going to be really demoralizing to Spartan fans, they had a four-star freshman came in, come in by the name of Bryce Sensabaugh. 6'6", six, six, four-star dude, playing really, really well. It turns out it is possible to have a true freshman come in and be a real high impact player on the team. So uh, with any luck, uh, they will continue their their circle of suck and go uh, one and 10 over their last 11 or one and 12 over their last 12. Um, maybe Northwestern will come in and just demoralize them or maybe they'll beat Northwestern and then they'll look past us. But Regardless, uh, two pretty big games this week need to split them one way or another. You need to split these. Ideally take both though. And ideally take both. Uh, Ohio state's, what is it? I forget the name of their stadium. It is not an intimidating place to play. Value city arena or whatever it is. Yeah. And at 11 and 11, you hope that their fan base, uh, is, more demoralized than their net ranking would indicate. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that they could just leave. Well, you know what they say about Columbus, as they say about LA, you know, with so much stuff going on, like who can be bothered to go to a college? I love game? Columbus. Yeah, Columbus is fine. I didn't know why I just took that shot. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know why I took that shot. Columbus is a great town. Uh, all right. Let's do these Twitter questions. All right. All right. First up, listener Mike Jones. Plum. Yes. Who is the most frustrating player on the team? It has to. Oh God, I go. I go back and forth on this. Is it Max Christie still? It is still Max. It will always be Max Christie. It has to be. 
fucking Max Christie. I, you know what, for me, it is, um, it, for me, it's still AJ. I let off with that. I was consistent on that. It's, it's followed closely by, uh, two other people who are tied in my mind, Pierre Brooks, because he refuses to improve. And, uh, and, uh, um, uh, Maddie, sorry, had a big brain fart there. Maddie Sissoko, because he had this flash of brilliance at the beginning of the season that made everyone feel like he was going to be the five we all needed. All right, next up from Mike Jones. What's the most rarely cooked meal in your house? Do you eat it weekly, bi-weekly? Uh, all right, Kevin Soylent, plum. Uh, uh, chicken. Soylent, all right. Sexy, <laughs> sexy boiled Soylent. chicken. We don't boil it. That's a joke. That's Soylent a joke. of meat. <laughs> Soylent of meat, boiled chicken. We do not boil it. I'm sorry, we don't do that. Uh, Greg, we do you have a staple? It. We bake it, yeah. <laughs> what about your house, Jonesy? Jonesy's going to come in and he's going to be like, I like to braise a, a duck uh, uh, in like some four hour long process or some garbage. What is it, Jonesy? Tell us. Uh, it's it, cooking for the kid is different. Like that ruins everything. I, I mean, honestly, mm. you just do the dumbest stuff, but uh, hot dog. No, he's not a hot dog guy. Hot dog. Hot dog. Uh, probably tacos. It, like some iteration of a taco is is uh, our most common thing. Okay, great. So. Next up from Mike Jones. Uh, is it time to panic yet about attorney bid? Or the tough part of the schedule is behind us and Tom's going to have the ship cruising come March? I think parts of this can be true and parts of this can be wrong. Tough part of the schedule behind us. True. Tom is going to have us cruising the ship come March. False. Panic about turning bid. <laughs> False. Like, it, it, you know, right. you know how it That's can it. be all yeah. of those it's things. A objection compound question. Yes. Mm. Wow. Wow. Someone is back in the old, wow. in the old swing of the lawyership. I'm, I'm back. Have you removed recovering lawyer from your Twitter profile? You gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta update that. Oh, Full no. blown douchebag lawyer is what you have to update it with well, right now. Technically, uh, it's senior legal specialist. Oh my I god! Remember what I said about douchebag lawyer? Until I reactivate my license, um, <laughs> you get an overinflated title when you're not an attorney. Uh, That's how titles right. work. That's the whole point of them. That's the whole point. Next up, Ali, who I'm pretty sure subtweeted my company earlier this week. Uh, also, real quick programming note. I've been informed by our social media manager that we owe Ali a uh, Instagram takeover because our social media manager made a mistake this week. Oh, so, oh, oh, oh. Uh, what happened? Well, she included Barstool Sports in some of our uh, oh, Instagram no. content. And, Wait, uh, what? Ali did justifiably call us out on it. Uh, so to rectify the situation, we offered him the password. I don't know that it's been provided yet, but um, holy, can you fire our social media manager manager from your life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, was, I have them muted on the Twitter. I was I was treating it that way uh, on Saturday evening, if you know what I mean. So um, say more. 
<laughs> I think the listenership can read between the lines read? on yeah, that oh, one. They can. Oh, they can. Oh, good. That's good. All right. Next up, Ali. Uh, should what's that? What was Plum doing? He was like leaned in past the. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry about me. All right. Should basketball have started fifteen minutes and end at five? Many people are saying yes. yes this is right. a reference to uh, us starts? being the most anemic starting team in college basketball. Yeah. Um, next up from Ali. First time in a few weeks I've been able to watch a game in detail. Last week I had Blaha Blast from Purdue. <laughs> you lucky dog. Uh, but where is Madi Sissoko and why is Trey Holloman? I have some thoughts here, but I'll let one of you go first. Trey um, is just not coming along. It's like, if you're going to be a guard, uh, even a freshman guard, if you're going to be a guard and you can just not take wide open threes, rough. I guess he is two for 10 on them on the season, but still. I think Trey's doing that so he stays on the floor. So he stays on the floor because mm-hmm. he knows he'll get yanked because he's two for 10 on them on the season. I mean, Marcus Bingham couldn't pass that bait up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Trey Holman watched the t- Trey Holman understood the assignment, and and those. In fairness to Trey Holman, when you're a guy who's not taking shots, yeah, the two for ten, those eight, help. Maybe all ten or and a shot clock. Like I got the hot potato. I think we saw one of those in this game where it was like, literally have to shoot. Yeah, saw a bunch of those from all over the court. And Mati is having a hard time staying on the court right now. But as Rod pointed out, is contributing in defensive uh, rebounds. So I'm still really high on Trey. I'll say that. Like I, people were talking about him being transferring out next year because Jeremy fears and a person we've never seen play college basketball. uh, And AJ Hogard, who is, struggling mightily mm. that Trey Holloman's going to leave because of those two things miss me with that take. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trey Holloman understands the assignment of a freshman guard in an ISO system. And I prefer to see AJ on the court because AJ has higher, higher upside, but yep. Trey doesn't screw things up. So um, anyway, next up uh, from Ali, is this the end of the Jackson Kohler hype? I think actually Jackson Kohler is retaking his position from Carson Cooper. Remember the, the Carson yeah. Cooper sense that the, happened the, a the, few like weeks ago? Game and a half. Yeah, it's gone. Uh, gone. <laughs> Jackson Kohler's definitely taken those minutes back. So uh, <laughs> is, is that for the positive? Not entirely. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten better. Uh, it's not good, but better. Mm. And his offense has gotten better, too. So. Sure. Yeah. Yep. What was his plus minus in that game? I think it wasn't bad. Uh, It wasn't positive, I don't think. Plus 1.7. All right. All right. I mean, it was uh, he. No, that can't be right. Oh, no, no. Sorry. That's. Uh... No, it was a, a negative 0.4. There we go. Uh, next up from Thomas Ambiasi, Plum, did Izzo actually launch the balloon to distract people from MSU losing a fairly winnable <laughs> game? I mean, there is no, there's no 
way he didn't. Uh, although I did see someone had a really it's the only reasonable explanation. Uh, it couldn't be China. They wouldn't make such an error, such an unforced error. What I would say is uh, someone sent me a picture of the balloon, though, and it did have Jumana Kairu's face on it. And I thought, you know what? That's perfect. She can brand herself with the best of them. Yeah. Uh, do you not know who I'm talking about? She's no. the Detroit area lawyer whose face is on every oh! billboard. She looks like she looks like the Muppet Joyce. I think her name is Joyce. You know, the blonde <laughs> one with the top pony. You know, I'm ta- isn't it Joyce? Is that her name? Jonesy Muppets. Muppet Joyce. I think Sorry, it's Joyce. I, I got lost on a Detroit billboard. No, for me to care. Tuned out. I know who blonde? he's referring to. This is fun. I like it. Uh, next up, Jan- from- Janice. Janice, that's it. Janice. Ah. She literally is Janice the Muppet. That's literally who this person is. She doesn't age. And uh, yeah, anyway, there you go. Plastic is forever, as we're told. Microplastic. Mm, 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 mm. Next up from Thomas Zambiasi, in a similar vein, which Big Ten coach got the uh, freighter truck in the suit, the freighter stuck, pardon me, in the Suez Canal? How it's a less timely reference, but still a good one. Uh, when was that? It was like two years ago now, right? Probably still is though. <laughs> <laughs> still is though. Still um. underwhelming. Uh, last up from Thomas Zambiasi. Is Arrested Development Season 2 the best TV season of all time? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an, uh, a caveat on this and make it easier for the conversation. A comedic TV season of all time. Because mm. uh, you start, like, is the wire like you're going to start? Is it the best season? Ooh, what's a better season two of a, of a TV show? Ooh, it's not the wire. Oh, good point. It's definitely not the wire. <laughs> I would say it's also definitely not the office. They're still kind of finding themselves. Eh, maybe they had kind of found it in the stride it, it, in season, season two. one to season two is a big jump in, in good. Um, there's a, a really good season of 30 Rock that I'd love to go back to. Whichever one has the Generalissimo in it. I love that one kind of beginning to end. Um, Community has some really good seasons. There was that like streak of The Office, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, Community, where NBC was just firing on all the comedy cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love me some Arrested Development season two. What, what do you got, Jonesy? I mean, I would agree with all of that. Uh, the um, also, you know, like there are some fantastic seasons of It's Always Sunny. Uh, I'll put that, in a word for uh, what we do in the shadows. Season one that kind of started knocking that thing out of the park right out the gate. Season two is also good. What do you got? Paul? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um... Oh God! Never mind. I was gonna make it a joke. I was gonna make it a joke about The Walking Dead, and I decided not to. You you backed off that fast. I want to know what it was. What was the thought? Than a zombie. (laughs) It's just because your face. You were so upset. So upset. All right. Uh, Next up from Eman Center, uh, Plum. Watch MSU hockey this weekend sweep Notre Dame. We seem to not necessarily be as talented as other teams, but we seem to be meaner, question mark. 
Can we get Jer Bear back on the show and end uh, for an end of season breakdown so I can figure out what the hell any of this means? I mean, we that was a long and a lot of question. Absolutely, we do need to get uh, Jer Bear back here because Jer-Bear we miss him. Want to come back? He does. Jer Bear's too big time for us now. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. <laughs> not true. Uh, this one feels for me, but I'll, I'll, I'll send it out to you guys. How early is too early to start drinking on a non tailgate Saturday? It depends on what you're doing. You know, mm. it depends. It matters. All right, Jonesy, answer the question. <laughs> I don't think it matters. That's my answer. That's the beauty of Saturday, right? Do you, is- do you have, do you have truly, do you have any obligations? <laughs> then the answer is it's Saturday. It's Saturday. Plum, what's the earliest you would crack one on a regular ho-hum Saturday? And just like a, yeah, on a regular Saturday. I don't think it can happen before. Well, no, that's not true. Like brunch, you know? And so you, you invent some meal excuse for drinking yeah. early. And but even then, I think it's, the, I think 1030 is the earliest on Africa's of brunch. If I was right, tailgating. Sans brunch, no tailgate. What's the earliest you'd crack a beer? Imagine it's summer. Noon. All right. Probably noon. Yeah, noon on a boat. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, and finally, from Eman Center, does this team feel soft to you? It just feels like Izzo teams in the past, regardless of their talent level, responded to struggles more passionately. I haven't evoked the Wisconsin yet game yet this episode, but I've wanted to, and this is my chance. We pointed at that one as going to Cole Center, AJ in particular being a real dog, this have this being a team with fighting it. Mm. But recently, Eman Center's not wrong. This was I'll a even, collapse this game. I'll say more recently, the prior Rutgers game where oh, they just housed Rutgers. Yeah, but it, it was late and they it wasn't like garbage time distance. Late though, in a competitive game, they said, now we're done here. It was kind mm. of putting the boot down on the neck. Yeah. Because so uh, that was within like seven or eight with five minutes left, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, the thing is that that players leave legacies and you have a legacy of uh, dudes who didn't work out. So Foster, Rocket, Thomas Kithier, who all left legacy on some of the players here. And then you have a last year team that was led by Marcus Bingham and Gabe Brown mm. and Max Christie. And like, so I think you're seeing a return to what you want of form, but I, I, that, that legacy of, of leadership and development from within the program has been wanting for, Foster was part of the 2017 class. Mm. Sounds right. Like that would have been an instrumental class in terms of what you'd want out of your senior leadership from, you know, imparting upon guys like AJ. And that AJ just saw lunch there. Like that's, that's not what you want. So I I don't disagree with the point. I just, I like to kind of, go to your Wisconsin point and like, I, I think we're seeing 
it's been it's been two years of squeaking into the tournament like three or yeah well i mean so it's it's sort of this site well cash's team didn't squeak in okay so um two years sure i i, I think it, there's sort of a if you get away with turning in your homework without like having really done it like is that a culture that perpetuates itself right mm-hmm. like you don't get called on being a procrastinator who's not prepared. Like, so it's gotten very personal. This podcast yeah, it's, now, it's uh, I'm reflecting a lot. On my yeah. Mind. Wow. Just, Jonesy found himself looking over at the mirror uh, as he rambled on in that, <laughs> in that response. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you've been there, if you've been there, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, this next one is from Spartan eighteen seven seventy and Plum. I'll send this to you. Why does this team play the way it does? It's kind of a continuation <laughs> of the previous. Well, because that's who we are, and I celebrate it. I celebrate us. I celebrate that we can be uh, this consistently bad, but also this consistently good at being bad. So I love us. I hate us, and I want to say more importantly, this is the team that we have. And it is the worst three-year stretch, I think, right, that Izzo's ever had. Um, shaping up that way, yeah. Shaping up that way, right? And that's that's a great thing. Uh, rock bottom, right? Maybe. But to every single asshole out there who's clamoring for Tom Izzo to not be um, yeah. coaching, fuck all the way off. Do, do, a, do a fucking double joiner backflip dive off of the second floor of your home or come to mine right onto a fuck stick it's empty (laughs) it's empty just right into it face first you and all of your friends who agree with you the spartan 1870s second question is why does our fan base turn on is the way it does we're we're in his worst three-year stretch still everyone expects this team to go to the tournament literally like as we talked about with rod not win not get to the final four maybe not even get to the sweet 16 but yep. still get to the tournament right Chelsea? and and that's what we're pissed about is that it's a three years of yes. like yeah yeah we don't really think this is going anywhere and and in, but I, I think everyone needs to take a, a beat and remember where you were as we belabored yeah earlier in the episode when aj was plugged in mm-hmm. yeah there was a reason to believe that maybe it's matchup dependent and whatnot, but that like this team could make a run. This has the guard play to make a run. And let's not forget that last year in what is objectively a worse team than the one that we have right now, we almost killed coach K's career. Yeah. Like we weren't that far away from making the next round. It was just a out of body game from, the number one overall pick in the NBA draft that sort of ruined it. But we were close. We were speaking of being so, close. Can we get, bring you closer to the mic? Johnson? Oh yeah. Sorry. I was feeling casual. I was feeling very oh, casual. Casual Friday. It's okay. It's okay. You, you start talking about procrastinating. You start. And then I got casual. And got casual. Yep. Uh, and finally, uh, I'll throw this back to Plum. Does Coleman wear number one next season? Is Spartan 1870's last final question yeah he does if he could wear one three times he would but he can't because that's meaningless roman numerals on the uh <laughs> on the old jersey maybe the jersey that's- should actually spell out one maybe that's the better thing <laughs> he keeps a zero 
and then just t- tapes on an N-E an N-E. to it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's literally it. Uh, all right. Next up is Carl. You did too much, bro. Um, Greg, y'all ready to join me on the God Emperor uh, Pykel train? Rutger looks to be le- a legit conference contender going forward. Like it or not, what a time to be alive. Uh, he's certainly pulled them from the doldrums. I'm not sure that I'm willing to give them legit conference contender. You know they yet. got a five-star coming in next year, right? Yeah. I will say this is a program that should benefit from recruiting on the East Coast, uh, both in football and in basketball. And let's see if Shiano and Michael can put that together a little bit. Um, though, as we said, being to campus there and, and being to other parts of Jersey, I, I can see why maybe that's a challenge at the same time. Yeah. I get why Shiana was like, you're going to need to invest if you want <laughs> me to come back here. But the people are lovely. We had Jonesy a lovely time on campus uh, yeah, when oh, our eardrums were being ruptured by the stadium speakers. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> All right. Next up, Nate C. We beat not a dame twice this week. Nate, come on. Boo. Uh, maybe it's time for a new sport to lead. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, it, it got to the point where Munn was sold out all season, like yes, in the last five or six right. games. So next time that we, uh, if we're fortunate enough in the near future to have uh, Graham back on, I want to talk about the amount of support that these programs are getting when they show that they can win. I'm seeing also gymnastics getting a fair amount of support. Um, so it's... It, that was a concern that I've always had not seeing our non-revenue sports perform well of like, would anyone care if they start to and women's, women's soccer now hockey gymnastics, like proving that there's, there's, you know, people to support these teams and it's if very, you build it, they will come. Yep. Um, Alan Haller doing good things. Yep. Uh, all right. Next up from Nate C. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And with that mentality, do you think this team is still a tournament team? I do. Yeah. I think so. And finally from Nate C. Do you honestly think MSU football, basketball, or hockey will win a national championship within the next 10 years? I don't. Is what Nate C. says. Is mm-hmm. Adding I don't. Yes. Um, Why are you watching then, man? 10 years. Why are you watching? That seems like a long time, Nate. Like, if you're ruling it out, like, are you... It feels like, uh, what's the thing that, um, like, uh, like, uh, old-timey Catholics would wear to, like, self-inflict pain? Yeah. As someone that knows all that has his sacraments in the Catholic church. I do not know what you're referring you know, there's, to. There's, there's, there's certain orders that used to wear like, uh, uh, like metal pieces that would like, uh, inflict pain on them as they walked. Right. To, uh, we don't I, talk about this in the narthex. <laughs> anyway, my point is fine. This has gone way off. Right? No, the whipping ourselves is, with reeds, right? That was a thing. Sure. Fine. I'll, we'll take that better example. Fine. Okay. Um, the point is, is like, uh, it feels like you're just watching for disappointed that uh, disappointment at that point in time. I don't know how you can look football. I think there are challenges 
for, right? Like the, the big 10 might not win a national championship in the next 10 years, much less MSU in football, but for basketball and hockey, there are no structural disadvantages for either of those programs. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how, why it couldn't be done. And in fact, MSU has the most recent Big Ten basketball and hockey national championships, if you don't count Maryland's because they weren't in the Big Ten at the time. So uh, I don't see why not. Yeah. Uh, next up, Corey Ostrom. Uh, would it be an overreaction to say Indiana is the most complete team in the league? Yeah, when they can get excited about playing Purdue, but like they've had some stinkers as well, you know? Stinkers. Yeah, I I don't think there is a complete team in the league. Yeah, this is a team that lost to Penn State by 20. Um, they lost to Maryland by 10 just last week. So, like, they had a good game against us. They had a good Other game than, against Purdue. Yeah, and they had a good game against Purdue. Other than that, they're benefiting from a pretty generous schedule. Hmm. Uh, keeping on hockey, is MSU hockey back? Big sweep this weekend. I was there Friday and Munn was hopping. I mean, it seems to be trending to back. Why not? That's why we got to get Jer on. Tell us about Knights. Come on, Jer. Uh, Plum, does the good outweigh the bad with Hogard? Uh, I don't know what the good is. I mean, I'm sure there is good. I don't know what, what is the good. Is it that he's, he's sometimes good? I mean, just, I mean, talk about the ratio, the assist to turnover ratio. Talk about, I mean, you heard it from Rod, this sort of like, what was he talking about? Facial expressions and body language. Body language. I, mean, um, I don't know. What's, I tell me what the good is. I like the kid. He is a nice kid. I like, I like, sometimes he gives a fun interview and he's friendly sounding. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll take him over Trey. So in yeah, that way, okay. the good outweighs the bad. But yeah. Like, but Trey at least is consistent in terms yeah. of, you know, it, 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 the upside isn't there, but, and, and honestly, Hogard needs to watch out for that. Yeah. Um, next up Tyrone couch. Why do I start every game? Like I'm going to finish it. <laughs> Uh, you got to go down with the ship, Tyrone. That's that's my one that's rule. Exactly right. That's yeah. th- these moments test your metal and prove your fandom. You you got to go down with the ship. Uh, but you're not alone. We see it in our listenership metrics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the team related. performs well, people listen to the podcast. When the team doesn't perform as well. We start to lose some of you. <laughs> some of you are less interested. Uh, maybe they'll come around in March. Uh, relatedly, Tyrone asks, how do I enjoy basketball again? Wait till March. Alcohol. And that, oh yeah, good call. There's always that. Uh, okay, Tyrone. We are, we, the week. We've gotten smarter. We've started reading the rants of the week ahead. <laughs> My massage parlor put up a sign saying no happy ending. Makes me not feel safe going. They raid the place. I look guilty. I just want to avoid migraines. No parts, please. <laughs> this reminds me of my uh, of my photo for my passport. 
Say more. Like if uh, if there's ever if I'm ever like wanted for a crime internationally and they put my photo up for my passport, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, he did whatever it is." I look like a like a emaciated Russian gangster or something <laughs> like that in this thing. It's not. It's not a good photograph. They're gonna be like, "Lock that dude up." I hope they find that guy. Do you uh, think your hair helped out? This was pre hair. This was pre COVID. Um, because the emaciated hasn't really changed. Yeah, the no, that's the same still. Yep, that's definitely the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, personally, from Dan Hellpepper, I'm against blowing multiple second half leads. There are clearly other schools of thought. What do you think? (laughs) Um, I don't. You know, I think I think Izzo is playing 3D chess here. He. But not got, 40. No. No. Well, he was afraid <laughs> that they were gonna be they were gonna come in at like a six seed. And he really wants them squarely in that eight nine game. Squarely. Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Preferably yep. on the nine. Yep. Yep. Uh you guys, second question from Dan Hellpepper. What's the worst color to paint your living room? Well, I assure you it's multiple colors with wallpaper and a brown acrylic paint for the trim. Mm. Is that what you walked into? Is that is that what you're telling me? Just throwing some ideas out. Just a couple. What about that house in Ferndale, Plum? What do you remember? What that what the living room situation was? And that has that house sold, by the way? I think it did. I think it did. Ah, uh, bless him. We did go to an estate sale today, though, which was, I mean, the house had been nine thousand square feet in Palmer Woods, and it was head to toe in carpet that was like wrinkled up everywhere. Mm. Like it had just like come into the middle and there was in the middle of the home, a staircase that kind of wound up. And on the second floor, there was a, like a, an atrium ceiling. So like, it was like, Oh, but it was like frosted glass and colored glass, but it was light coming through. And then, and, and that was, and so then all the, all the bedrooms were off the sides um like a grand rotunda almost like a rotunda exactly and then in the middle looked down right so it was you had like a railing around it so you had to walk around the outside of the railing and that's where all like the like spokes almost like and that was the bedrooms and then there was one little door that went up to a hallway and like servants stairs that went down to the kitchen Mm. and then up to the third floor where they would have lived and when you went up there you discovered that that atrium ceiling was actually false and that there was another atrium above it which actually let the light in anyway i can't describe this it was upsetting and people in detroit man beautiful just beautiful beautiful okay yeah all right so the opposite then two two glass ceilings uh two glass ceilings and lots of chipping paint lead-based paint oh good 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 uh, yep. next up from Mamopolief, who we have two questions here, but I'm, I assure you third one's out there somewhere, but we missed it. Sorry, Mamopolief. First one. Uh, what are the 150,000 reasons why the MSU, uh, football defensive line coach, Dyron Reynolds should receive more than previous defensive line coach, Marco Coleman. I've got a take on this one. Mm. Uh, there seems to be a perception that if you pay them more, they become better coaches. Not true. Yeah, well, if you build it, they will come, question mark. I, I don't know. Inflation is out of control, right? 
Next up uh, from Mop Belief, number two, sporting news sources say that the basketball team is lacking rhythm. Do the Spartans need to learn the Macarena where individuals contribute individually working along parallel lines or do they need to spice it up and learn the tango and twosomes begin to, to t- trip the light fandango? She's out of control. She's out of control, he says. I've seen the next question, too, and she's out of control. She must be stopped. The, the, bit, the bit must die. Because, all right, let's just go to it. Next up, wait for it. No, Smiley, no. winky face. Today is National Shower with a Friend Day or National Weather Person's Day or National Nutella Day. Please choose one and assign the others to your co-host. How will you celebrate? As much as I would like to, <laughs> to assign National Shower with a Friend Day to someone, I won't be part of your bit, Mamopolief. I won't do oh. it. I won't stand for your for your bit. I won't stand for your segment fish. I I just assume that Plum will eagerly accept anybody who walks into a shower because that's how it works, right, Plum? Wow. Wow. And there's just there's just <laughs> wow. another another light homophobia, just a light, yep. very Update light. The Wikipedia page mm-hmm. for uh, Michael Jones uh, demonstrates his latent homophobia. Um, this, this episode right. this one. Wow. This is why we can't, we, we couldn't publish <laughs> the zoom, the accompanying zoom because it is disgusting, right? Disgusting. <laughs> Next up for Mr. Neurotic pants this week an embarrassed oh, Soko tearfully runs out of Madison square garden. A few hours later, he returns carrying a bag of sliced pizza and bottle of red. Izzo asks, do you feel better buddy in hockey? Uh, St. Cyr admits his mother uh, played in his stead for a few times this year. Oh, I like that concept. That's good. Did, wait, did you not know about the news story? No. What's the news story? Oh, uh, a 22 or 23-year-old assistant coach for – explain this to me. Assistant coach for a middle school team oh. uh, stepped in for a women in, in a women's basketball game mm. uh, to play for a missing 13-year-old. and has since been fired by the school district. Well, yeah. The, sorry, that person can't make $4,000 anyway, anymore. Uh, <laughs> there's also St. Sears' mom, you know, was actually a... No, I know, but the, the bit about the person stepping yes. in. Is, yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, with all uh, with all the pads, no one knew. And lastly, in our right, Haller uh, sets two chairs on fire this weekend in two separate meetings with Jake Boss and Susie Merchant, adding, is my imaginary clear... Is my imagery clear enough? Um, kind of mean, Alan, to do to Susie Merchant this week when she's recovering from her, uh, from her uh, episode. Um, but uh, yeah, I maybe we just showed Jake two burning chairs. <laughs> um, maybe we just go that way. Uh, this is good though. I like I like that he just <laughs> that body just disappears into new york and comes back with a, a sack full of slices of pizza <laughs> uh i would le- next up for mr Nautic fans i'd like to hear your podcast condemn the chinese spy balloon and then affirm that america is the oldest greatest country in the world michael jones will you so affirm objection compound question mm-hmm. next i thought you'd be happy that someone pose the question to you oh, though yeah it is so rare that that happens <laughs> indeed uh i feel seen 
and appreciated for the first time in how many years have we been doing this? <laughs> Four. Fuck. And uh, finally, for Mr. Erotic Pants, Plum, uh, I know Izzo is Mr. March. Do we really have the confidence in this MSU basketball in MSU basketball as a program? Is this what MSU is? We're approaching three years in a row of this. I, I, I no, this is three years of many, many years. Uh, there are statistical anomalies. There are regressions to the mean. There are bad spells. Uh, this is this is also this team. Yeah. So yes, the answer is yes. It's also no. The but question it's also is about this. the program, though. Well, in, in what way, though? I mean, uh, this is how Izzo coaches. I mean, this is partly he does make decisions around how he thinks the team will do in terms of the March profile how it's going to do nationally i one one never i never know whether tom actually wants to win the big 10 um the the team's uh emphasis on injuries is also a consistent malady the emphasis on injuries i mean like the the ability the consistent ability of the team to get crippling injuries every season Ah. that is probably the most spartan thing about us got it yeah uh next up from the upper deck jerk guy is players play the tough players win the reason why this team is losing jonesy this is a spicy question it is um it gets right to the heart of the program kind of like raymond's last question but i i think what's interesting about it is that it's um it feels a uh a, a bit uh, two sides of the same coin um, that you could both make the criticism that that's not why the team is winning, that the team just isn't tough, which would mm-hmm. be a fair sort of way of looking at it. But you could, you could make the flip that it's sort of that mantra and ethos that has led us to this moment. Mm, the reliance on this. Yeah. Or, or, or sort of the, the, the idea that Tom missed on some of those things or strayed from some of those things. Like if you want to flip it around to, uh, cause I, I, I think we have this, uh, a thing that we're not really great at is that we, we trust in Izzo so much and we believe in Izzo so much mm-hmm. that sometimes we're a little too willing to fault the players for things that we would not fault for instance, football players, we, we put that at, at Mel Tucker's head or, or D'Antonio's head. And, and we don't do the same thing for Izzo. Like Izzo recruited Max Christie. Like Izzo recruited these dudes and it's on him. Are we saying that this toughness is innate to them? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a really good question. I don't think the answer is wrong though. This team doesn't seem to have whatever that is. Yeah. And and Not I right think now. that the interesting question is about like who is that? But I will also say Upjack Jerk guy is historically very good on the chill the F out mm. when these moments in the season pop up. Uh the difference is I think we were all a bit apoplectic during a, a stretch like this, even in Cassius's year. Right. 
but that ain't what we got on the roster right now. Yeah. We don't have Cassius and Xavier Tillman on the there's team. There's no Tillman here. There's no there's no Cassius. Yeah, like so uh so I don't think we have the question is, is do we just not have tough players? Maybe not good players, but do we also have bad and not tough players? And that would be concerning. Well, AJ's it, it was the one bringing that role earlier in the year. Um and we thought maybe we get some of that from Malik. Uh, haven't. And yeah, it's three games back now from Malik. Like, yep. And we kind of know who the some of these other guys are at this point. So the, that would leave the door open for like Akins to kind of be that guy, uh, as we talked about with Ron. But we'll see if that ever comes out. Uh, Upper next your guy asked a question. What makes you most annoyed about this team? Paul Murdy gave you that one once. So we'll we'll skip that one. We'll go to the final one. Should I look at the Spartans uh, rest of the year like I do the Lions? Watch with low expectations and be pleased when they exceed them. I'm bothered by this set of three questions from the Upper Deck Jerk guy. <laughs> Usually most measured this time of the year. I think that says something about where... It's been a rough stretch of games, man. It's been a rough stretch. The thing is that, that we skipped a second question, but I'll just say, like, I find this team less annoying than last year's team. But that makes what we're doing right now as a team yeah. all the worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I last year's team, I kind of hated. Like, they were just... They sucked. Yeah. Like everywhere they sucked. The leadership sucked. Their talent sucked. Their offense, like everything sucked. This team, they, they, they could be good. They, they have that in them. That's yeah. anyway. So that, that's, I don't know. We're not lying. Well, Plum, you're maybe the closest thing to a Lions fan here, but like, I don't watch this team with low expectations. I watch this with normal expectations for an Izzo team. Last year, I think I would have watched with low expectations. This year? Get it together. Yep. Yeah. All right. And hopefully they do with games this week against Maryland at home on Tuesday and on the road against Ohio state on Sunday. Gentlemen, anything that you would add before we sign off for the week? No, looking forward to chatting with you guys again after the Ohio state game, hopefully a better weekend than we've had in a while. I think that's, that's, that's my add on. Mm. Yes, please. Let's have a better weekend. So get your boat shoes on gentlemen. Boat shoes. All right, uh, with that, uh, thank you again to Rod from uh, the Final Four is not on the schedule. Gentlemen, as always, a real pleasure to see you both. Go green. Go white. Go white!